0: Hello, and welcome to this very special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. This week, we're going to focus on that alluring world of Hollywood. Over and over, we hear about all the bad that comes out of Hollywood, the divorces, the sex scandals, the entitlement, and all the wasteful life of the rich and famous. But once a month, we're visited by our very own Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews, who tells us something good that's happening in Hollywood, where he's been working as a professional for many years now. And there's a lot of good happening in that town. So this week, we focus on the good and some things that we should pray for with Mark Matthews. And now it's time for What's Good in Hollywood with our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews. Mark, hello, Pedro. Back. Hello, thank you. Always a pleasure. So, I, I, I have this question: why, why is everybody, why is everybody in Hollywood so weird? <laughs> uh-huh.
1: That is a great question, and it's honestly one that I have not stopped asking myself since I moved to here ten years ago. Crazy. Um, and I actually wanted to talk about that today. How funny that you ask. Funny. Um, there's so I've thought about this a lot. And there are a lot of reasons, and a lot—it's a lot of gray areas. But if I was going to try and identify a few reasons, yep. these are the reasons that I would give. So the first one is that is ultimately is that many people here are divorced from their faith. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a very post-Christian world, um, and if I would ask, say, for maybe the biggest main reason for people have uh you know left the faith and i mean we know there are many reasons i would say money Uh, there is so much money in hollywood and in particular los angeles Hmm. um you know we we've all heard about how much money you know celebrities get paid um and la is a big business center when i first moved here i couldn't believe how much luxury real estate there was in the area i was just like who lives in all these houses they're just million dollar mansions everywhere. Wow. So and you know so, it, so when we have all these these worldly things to kind of like uh you know uh, fill fill our uh, fill our time, you know it's easy to distract ourselves from mm-hmm. faith. But St. But Augustine said that our hearts are restless until they rest in you, O oh Lord. So people end up doing a lot of kind of crazy searching along the way. Yeah. So, so so number 1 is money, I would say. Money, money and money and lack of faith just okay. in general. Okay. Yeah. The second one, which I think is kind of an interesting trend that has always kind of uh, interested me or baffled me a little bit, is is what I would say is Gnosticism. Okay. And Gnosticism, the actual definition of it, it's a group of ancient heresies that stress escape from this world through the acquisition of esoteric knowledge. Uh The key being is that, oh, someone has some special bit of knowledge that's going to sort of like bypass salvation. That's going to make it easier. Okay. And you see these kind of trends all the time. So Oprah is talking about it on The Secret. Uh-huh. Um, Protestant, some crazy Protestant sects have it as name it and claim it. Uh-huh. Basically, they just, you, you pray the exact right thing, God will give it to you, kind right. of like a wizard. Yeah. Um, and I even kind of point the finger, say, at someone like Mel Gibson, too. Huh. You know, praise God that, you know, he's sort of Catholic, but he was part of, like, a breakaway Catholic sect. It's just yeah. kind of like, Oh, anything that's traditional and normal, like, oh, no, they, they can't have got it right. We've got to go for something different and, and, right. and crazy. So, so the translation is basically is that I think everyone wants a shortcut to salvation. And the thinking is, oh, the no one ways, the wisdom of the saints, you know, couldn't possibly be true. Right. Um, so I, I count that as, you know, and ultimately I think it's pride that motivates this Gnosticism. Mm-hmm. Um next one i would say is the breakdown of the family. Uh, you uh-huh. have to remember that california was the epicenter of the sexual revolution, you know, hippies, free love, you know, all that kind of stuff. yeah. um and after after that hit, there was, uh, you know, skyrocketing divorce rates, broken families, all that kind of stuff. and you know, i meet so many people here that come from from broken homes. it's really rare to meet someone who say grew up in a traditional nuclear family. Hmm. Uh, and I think quite often that what happens is when people don't get validation from their parents, they go looking for it in other places. And what a perfect place to right, get validation yeah. from the world than in show, show business, business, you yeah. know, where everyone praises you. So, uh, so, So this is a trend, I think, you know, that I see around here a lot as well, mm-hmm. too. So. Um, oh, yes. and and, yeah, you know, even you know, it's funny. there's a quote that's often attributed to Chesterton, but it's actually Bruce Marshall. He said that the young man who rings the bell of the brothel is unconsciously looking for God. Yes, you know, and, and yes. Christopher West talks about the same kind yes, of thing too. Absolutely. So so oftentimes when people go looking for love, they tend to go look for it, you know, in you yep. know, the yes. wrong sexual ways yes. as well, too. So, yes,
0: again, St. Augustine being restless, and yeah. then, yeah.
1: lastly, I would just say that, Artists are just very different people. Um, you know, uh, you know, uh, JP Two in his letter to artists and uh, Joseph Ratzinger before he was Pope. You know, many of them have uh, meditated on this. You know, they say that the artist who is pursuing beauty prayerfully makes of themselves a vessel of God's ongoing revelation and creativity in the world. And and quite often, I mean, that's a message from God, and it, it twists and distorts and kind of, you know, pulls the person. Um, and you know, it, you know, artists are just a little eccentric. You know, mm-hmm. we kind of know that. Um, and when you've got so many incredibly talented artists, you know, they're going to be just a little bit more eccentric and different. And and honestly, I don't think I've met a person who, you know, a, a person at the top who wasn't, like, a really talented artist of some sort. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, and often they're kind of these eccentricities that really allow them to perceive the world in a different way. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of what gives them some of their artistic genius. You know, so I, I often bug the number of my writer friends. I'm like, you're just not abnormal enough <laughs> to be a writer. Like, you look, you know, too normal. So yeah, that's kind of weird the joke enough, yeah.
0: So Yeah, that's funny. So but, I guess that explains why you're a little different too.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's what my friends tell me as well. Too. It's cause you're so extremely, I'm, I'm it's, crazy, it's cause you're so.
0: extremely talented.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, so I guess why do, why do I share this? I think, uh, I think it's some, maybe some insight to know, you know, why to have mercy on these people, you know, to know, Hey, a lot of these people have some very serious burdens, um, you know, and I've met a lot of them. Um, and also, you know, it's something to look at in ourselves, too. You know, it might help explain, you know, a lot of the craziness and other things going on uh, on around us. So, so, you know, just more understanding of, you know, what people are dealing with. And 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 I, so I ask for the prayers of my listeners, you know, pray for all those in Hollywood. So. Yes. Good.
0: Mercy. The year of mercy continues for Correct. Hollywood. Yes. Okay. Very good. So lots of good uh, ideas there from our Hollywood Undercover Missionary. The weird and eccentric, but extremely talented, Mark Matthews.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Pedro.
0: There you have it. What's good in Hollywood with Mark Matthews, our undercover Hollywood missionary. You can follow him at hu missionary. Hi, I'm Julian Cantor, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with DJ Pedro. Now it's time for... What's good in Hollywood with our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews
1: Hello, Pedro. Hello, Mark. Welcome back to the
0: program. So finally we're getting some like tips on how to be undercover missionaries, right?
1: you You are. I'm going to present my master plan today to take over the, the world. Influence. Yes, how to take over the world and influence all the content in mainstream media. Do it, do it. So it's a question that I get asked quite often, and that is, you know, how do we influence the content? Mm-hmm. And uh, so the first thing to remember is, or to know is that there's very few people that have influence in the mainstream media. If it's a TV show, you've really only got the showrunner, who is right. kind of like the director of the show, yeah. the executives. And then the advertisers. Mm -hmm. And I was surprised to find out how much sway advertisers have, but they call it the voice of Walmart. You know, what do they want on their shelves? You know, they talk to the studio heads all the time. Uh, And then if it's a film, it's really only the producers, the guys who secure the money, um, the writers, and the directors. Right. And if you're talent, like an actor in these things, it's really only if you're like an A-lister, do you really kind of get to like sway the content of things uh, okay. just because you know in a film it gets rewritten too often and you know if you're kind of an up-and-coming actor you're like you're nobody why would they care about what you think kind mm-hmm. of a thing okay um, and, and the way I kind of ultimately always like to explain it is that it's the people who have the money the people who control the money really ultimately control the content Okay. so what do we do as Catholics Part A of my master plan is what I call the talented infiltration. Okay. So you want to become so good at what you do that you can become one of these people, either the producer, director, writer, or showrunner. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, um, it's not just talent, but it's, it's artistic genius. You have to be an artistic genius, really, to be one of these people. And that's like 0.1% of us. Hmm. Um, I don't know why God does it this way, but the way he distributes talent and artistic genius isn't really uh, that fair. It's, uh, nobody quite understands, but there are people who just, you know, it's kind of like when you got it, you got it kind of a thing. Okay. So if you are, fortunately, one of those people that have artistic genius, um, pursue it, but also stay strong in your faith. Stay close to Christ. And, uh, you know, go through the ranks. You know, you're going to have to suffer your way up to the top. But when you get there, you can influence things. So please do that. Uh, Hollywood is a mission field. If you're thinking about it, come out here. It's a a possible plan.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's like the 1%, like the Barbara Halls of the world. So uh, what about the rest of us?
1: So for the rest of us, uh, the 99.9% who are untalented or... You know we're all talented we're just not talented enough it's a it's a genius driven business
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, we get to influence the people who influence content uh, and we desperately need people out here like people who would be say a Christian assistant to someone in Hollywood uh, even a Christian hairdresser or makeup artist you know you you get to be very close to the talent mm-hmm. so come out here and and pick a job where you can be close to the influencers and uh, I've seen this quite often. It, it's quite often, um, you know, the starving actors, the people who don't get paid a lot, who get to be the assistants to some of these, you know, very high-level influential people. Um, and w- what we're called to do, then, in those cases, is to basically just be normal. Um, and what do I mean by just be normal? Um, have, in Catholic terms, have character and virtue. Just be, just be a regular, level-headed person. Love them and serve them. And, and you really have to see this as your mission of you're just going to be, you know, the normal, loving voice around them. And right. I've heard of a lot of amazing stories. It's kind of like, you know, when these people come into crisis, you know, if you're the steady one, you know, that's when the doors tend to really open hmm. to, to love people. So um, there's just kind of like, there are so many weird and high-maintenance uh, people out here, you know, so it's just like, just be normal, just be virtuous, have good character. Mm-hmm. Um, and and really, you have to see the importance of, of nurturing those relationships and all of your relationships, um, and it's just as important as being a missionary anywhere, say if you mm-hmm. were called to Zimbabwe or something. Right. Um, and so, you know, come to Hollywood. Uh, it's important that we have, you know, strong Christians here, but if we're looking for how we're going to do this, this is the way. We're, we're going to ultimately hope to be one of those influencers, if you have the talent to make it, or you're going to influence the influencers, and, and really, that's probably the, the much more likely case.
0: So go be a hairdresser. In fact, you made me think uh, America's Got Talent, Mel B, she shows up with a different hairdo every day, and she actually would speak Armenian, and then finally somebody said, why, why are you speaking Armenian? It's just because my hairdressers are Armenian. And so she was <laughs> influenced so much so that she would like come up with all these phrases and quotes in Armenian. So there you go, hairdresser. Oh wow. Go speak Catholic. Yeah, there
1: you go. You think of how much time they spend with yeah. their hairdresser exactly. in a lot of time.
0: Exactly. And yeah. I love what you said about being being normal. Like don't work just <laughs> just be normal. Just be there. Do your thing. Be nice. They'll like you, they'll talk to you, and that's how you can be leaven, which which is what I love. Jesus didn't say go be bread. He says be leaven. <laughs> You know, yes. I mean, he doesn't even yeah. say go be flower. It's like be a little be, bit, be salt. It's like a little thing that goes in there and influences the whole thing.
1: Ex- exactly. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really had to think about that a little bit. I'm like, what is normal? I'm like, it's just character having yeah, regular Christian virtue.
0: Be normal. Good. Okay. So yeah. go, there we go. Go to Hollywood. Don't go be an actor. Go be a hairdresser and uh, be normal. Thank you. That's the, the tips of today for influencing yeah. content in mainstream media. Mark Matthews' plan for taking over Hollywood. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Mark. That's great. Great tips. Um, uh, thank, you, thank you. Talk to you yeah. in a month or so. There you have it. What's Good in Hollywood with Mark Matthews, our undercover Hollywood missionary, giving, giving us tips on how to be undercover Hollywood missionaries like him. Uh, be sure to follow him at HU Missionary.
2: I am Billy Chan. You are listening to the Southern Night Hour with Deacon Pedro.
0: And now it's time for What's Good in Hollywood. With our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews. Hello,
1: Pedro. How are you? Doing?
0: Good. Good morning. Welcome to the program. So, um, befriending celebrities.
1: Yes, I want to talk about how to be friends with a celebrity, like me. This is a- Exactly, like you, you know, I mean, sure, this is a problem that a lot of us have, right?
0: Right. Yeah, exactly.
1: So what got me interested in this is I was recently reading a story about the late James Gandolfini, a famous actor from The Sopranos, and it was a story about a normal friend of his. And Uh it got me thinking, I'm like, well, you know, dealing with people of notoriety is something that you know, occasionally comes up in my world here and in the world of a lot of other people that I know. And uh, it got me thinking, well, how do I deal with my celebrity friends?
0: Really? And Wait, you have, yeah. ce- you have celebrity friends?
1: Oh, totally. I mean, don't you? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't. I, no. You don't I, that's, that's actually really a stretch. I mean, we've heard of like, you know, A-list celebrities. People I know, I maybe know a handful of people who I would list categorize as like D-list celebrities. Like, you'd be really stretched Kind of be like, you know, this show with this show, and maybe in the background you saw this guy talk once. It's kind of people like that. So you don't hang
0: out with Mark Wahlberg?
1: I do not hang out with Mark Wahlberg, oh, darn. at least on a daily basis.
0: You don't go to mass with him?
1: No, no, I don't. But I know people who do go to mass with him.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Well, that's yeah. close.
1: Yeah. So, so it got me thinking. So some of this is drawn from my own experience but also from people that I know in the industry here who have to deal with, you know, celebrities. Um, the first rule is uh, don't, is you don't go looking for celebrity friends. Um, we've all fantasized about having celebrities as friends. Uh, this, is, this is not healthy, so, so just don't do it. You don't go looking for them. Okay. Um, and I've occasionally heard people say, oh, I'm doing this for God, you know, so they can influence people, um, no. I've, I've never actually seen that work out in practice either. So God is not calling you to befriend celebrities just to evangelize
0: them. Okay, good. Noted.
1: Yes, duly noted. So, uh, so basically you have to wait for them to come to you. So if you have a celebrity friend, what is your job? Um, your job is basically is just to treat them like you would any other person. Um, and a fantastic way to test your motivations for this um, is if you have a celebrity friend, don't tell anyone else that you know them.
0: Oh. <gasps> But that's the fun.
1: Exactly. Isn't that the whole point? You're supposed to know celebrities so that you can tell people about them. Well, a great way to do to, to make sure you're not is just don't tell anyone.
0: No name dropping. Okay.
1: No, na- no name dropping. Exactly. Mm. So, so if you are friends with them, uh, you have to treat them just as you would any other person. Okay. Um, and a way you can test this is you can say, well, if I had a regular friend, Joe or Jim or something like that, would I say the same thing to them? Would I behave the same way? Would I act the same way around them? Um, so that's really important kind of be asking yourself that. Also, don't be overly eager to please them. You don't, don't be overly ready to laugh or overly ready to, you know, acquiesce to their, their needs and their demands and their right. desires. Um, and I guess being in Hollywood, there is kind of this sort of this constant imbalance of power. Like I work for a notable company and whenever I tell people the company that I work for, mm. they're like, Oh, Oh, interesting. Really. And, and if it's someone who might want to work there, um, you know, you can sense that people are maybe a little bit too happy to please you sometimes. Not always, but sometimes.
0: Right, which is why you're not telling us where you're working.
1: Exactly. Okay, got it. (laughs) I'm trying trying to keep you guys all whole. Duly noted, yes. Um, The next is you want to respect their privacy. Um, uh, Often, if you are a celebrity, uh, you're very aware of publicity. We all think, oh, wouldn't that be great? Everyone, you know, having paparazzi around me all the time. It's like, no, this is a horrible thing. Um, So it's your job. Do nothing to compromise their privacy. Um, And again, this is another good reason not to tell anyone that you know them. You know, no one's going to be interested in them.
2: Um,
1: And then finally, um, don't expect anything uh, material from them. Um, It's very often that if you are one of these people, um, you you know, you might be known as being wealthy or rich. People just assume, oh, you've got loads of money. You're happy to spend it on me. Um, But I don't think anyone's happy in that situation. Um, I have friends you know, through, through second hand knowledge um, people who have been in the worlds of some of these reality TV stars people like Paris Hildman and whatnot. not right. and they said it's just depressing because you see all the people in these, these people's lives and they're just there to take things from them, no, mm-hmm. none of them are true friends to those people
2: mm-hmm.
1: so, so just treat them like you would any other person if you're invited over for dinner, bring a gift, bring wine just like you would and, and be more aware of this than anyone else right so uh and the lastly if you're with them in public um is you know don't hog them uh again this is the thing (laughs) of oh we want to be seen with them um but you know maybe step away you know right so so what's the point why why am i why am i sharing this with
0: you yes why are you sharing this with us who 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 are not friends with celebrities
1: well even though very few of us will probably ever have an A-list celebrity as a friend, um, we, I thought about this, and I'm like, we all have people that we are tempted to treat like a celebrity, and this could be someone in our community, someone who's right, wealthy, yeah. well-known people in our community, Christian speakers, even, even our managers or higher-ups at work. Um, and scripture tells us in the book of James, it says, show no partiality. It says, uh, if you pay attention to one wearing fine clothes, sit here and to the other stand there. It says, have you not become judges with evil design? So we, we have to treat everyone the same. We have to treat everyone as equals. So, And this is a common theme among the writing of the saints as well, too.
0: Great. Okay, good. So I won't treat you like a celebrity, Mark, but I'll treat you like a friend. How's that? Thank you, yes. That would you, be great.
1: Because you are... Great tests to make sure we're treating people like friends.
0: Good, because you are my friend,
1: right? Thank you. Thank you. I hope so. You know, because I, I get so many people treating me like a celebrity, and it's just oh, it's so hard dealing with it. It's oh, so
0: yeah. hard. Anyway, I oh. won't do it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mark.
1: You're very welcome, Pedro.
0: There you have it. How to Be Friends Celebrities with our Hollywood Undercover Missionary, Mark Matthews.
2: Hi, I'm Emily Callen, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro.
0: And now it's time for... What's Good in Hollywood with our Hollywood Undercover Missionary... Mark Matthews, welcome back to the program, Mark.
1: Thank you, Pedro. As always, always a pleasure to be here.
0: As always. So today you have a a prayer request for us.
1: That's correct. I have an invitation to pray for Charlie Sheen, and okay, because his story, I think, is very similar to that of Saint Augustine. You're going to think I'm a little crazy, but but uh, hear me out.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay, uh, yeah. I'll hear you out.
1: So so I guess so the main reason I'm inviting people now to pray for Charlie Sheen is that, you know, he recently came out and, you know, revealed that he has AIDS, so uh-huh. so death is on his doorstep, and, and this is always, uh, you know, one of the things that kind of tends to draw people to the face. Right. Um, but in particular, him and St. Augustine share a number of similarities. Okay. Um, they grew up in a big city. Uh, St. Augustine grew up in Carthage and Rome, mm-hmm. Charlie Sheen. He grew up in Los Angeles. Right. Um. St. Augustine was upper class. He was descended from the honestoires, uh, uh-huh. which were an uh, uh, upper class of honorable men. Charlie Sheen, son of the celebrity Martin Sheen, which is right. you know pretty much like royalty, you know, in this country.
2: Yes, these days. yes.
1: Um, they were both extremely talented speakers. Mm-hmm. Um, St. Augustine was a master of rhetoric. He gave speeches to emperors. Um and Charlie Sheen has uh, the prestige of being one of the highest paid actors in Hollywood, or at least I think in TV. Really? I'm not sure the exact stat, but
2: uh-huh. but
1: at one point he was one of the highest paid. Um, and the other thing that's uh, really interesting is they both uh, have or had faithful parents. Uh-huh. So Saint Augustine had Saint Monica, who was who prayed unceasingly right. for her son. Yes, and uh, Martin Sheen, uh, Charlie's father. Is actually kind of quite quite well known as being a Catholic.
2: Yes, um,
1: you know, back in like 1996, you know, even said, "Pray for my boy." He has appetites that get him into trouble. Right, um, and, and that's kind of that's sort of very Catholic language. Um, and so, you know, I, I think given the timing of of you know his sort of revelation about having AIDS, I think this is a very time a good time to pray for him, uh-huh. um, and. You know, there, I guess there's one other reason that I I do invite people to pray for him, and and that is that you know his his fall from grace was widely publicized. You know, like it, you know, like hanging around with prostitutes and alcohol and cocaine addiction and, and everything like that. Yeah. Um. But how many how many of us kind of watch that kind of going? Look at him, he's falling. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or were we really thinking like, oh, that's a real human being? Mm-hmm. Um. And I guess it's two very different things to watch, you know, who an actor is portraying in a film or a TV show and be entertained by that versus, you know, seeing what's happening to them in real life. And granted, you know, quite often you can't tell the, the difference between the two sometimes. Right. Um, but, but we really do need to see them as real people. And so if you were one of those people, kind of like myself, you know, that was like, oh, yeah, look at them, ha, 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 you know, repent of, I, I invite you to repent of that. Uh, and for any actor that you know, you might kind of uh, put into that category in your yes, mind and, and yes. pray for them. So,
0: yeah. So you're so inviting sorry you're inviting us to repent and to pray for not just Char- uh, Charlie Sheen, but for all those uh, actors, celebrities at whose expense we get a cheap laugh.
1: Yes, correct. And 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 I, and I do invite people, you know, especially through the intercession of Saint Augustine to pray mm-hmm. for Charlie. Yes. Um, and, you know, and what's, what's kind of interesting, too, I think this could um, really, you know, happen, because it, even Martin Sheen, you know, he, he you know, had many wayward years from the faith, but it wasn't until he had a heart attack when he was 40, you know, and he said, it's always a crisis that brings you back. Yes. So, you know, if, if this is the pattern of, you know, how God works in his family, you know, this is something that could really happen. And, and can you imagine, like, a couple hundred years from now, we had St. Charlie Sheen you yeah.
0: know, <laughs> it could be interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, we laugh, but
0: we do. Yeah, is, I know. This you're... is
1: this is the kind of stuff that God does. It, absolutely. Not, yeah, absolutely. Takes people's yeah. lives and completely turns them around.
0: No, you're making me feel bad at the fact that we laugh because it seems so <laughs> ridiculous. But that's exactly what you're calling us to do. It's like, why why do we laugh? Because I mean, we we go every you know that that expression every every sinner has a future. Well, yeah, yes, absolutely. And we use St. Augustine. To as an example of how every sinner has a future. So then, what's wrong with someone who's so publicly sinful? Can I say that?
1: Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And and sorry, the other thing I didn't mention too is that you know Saint Augustine had you know a very sinful life. You know, multiple yes. mistresses and yes. whatnot. And so so yeah, they they share a lot of similarities.
0: Yes, yes. Wasn't it Saint Augustine who said, "Make me chaste, Lord, but not yet." <laughs> That's right. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you very much uh, uh, for this uh, something good that could be happening in Hollywood, which is a lot of people praying for the likes of Charlie Sheen. Saint to be Charlie Sheen. Correct. Thank you very much, Mark.
1: You're welcome. Always a pleasure to be here.
0: There you have it. What's good in Hollywood with Mark Matthews, our undercover Hollywood missionary. You can follow him on Twitter at HUMissionary.
1: Hi hey everyone. This is Danielle Noonan. Hello, I'm Sean Garrison. Hi, I'm Rita West. Hi, this is John Singh. This is Steven. And I'm Rachel. We are the Mosley. This is Kyle Cintuli. And you're listening to the Salt and Light and Hour and with Deacon Pedro.
2: You're listening to the Salt and Light and
1: to Geek the and, and Hour with Deacon Pedro. And you're
2: listening to the Salt and, and, and Light Hour with Deacon
1: You're listening to the Salt and Light Radio Hour with Deacon Pedro.
0: And now it's time for. What's Good in Hollywood, with our Hollywood Undercover Missionary, Mark Matthews.
1: Mark, another Hello, season. Hello, Pedro.
2: Another season.
1: I am glad to be back for another season, and that is a very long list of people who are playing Salt Lake Radio. It, isn't it very great?
0: We're on, on about 35 radio stations in your beautiful country, the United States of America. Fantastic. Fantastic. So that's a lot of people that are listening to you right now.
1: Wow, the pressure, the pressure. Say
0: hello. Um Hello everyone. <laughs> so so you decided to not talk about something that's dysfunctional in Hollywood, but something that's actually good <laughs> in Hollywood this this
1: week. Right? Yes. I have a very long list of topics of things that are dysfunctional in Hollywood, but today I'm going to blow my own horn a little bit. Okay. And I want to talk talk about a micro ministry, is what I call it, uh-huh. that I've been live, uh, running out of my living room for the past 7 years called Bibles and Brew.
0: Okay, okay. So, yeah, so 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 you read the Bible and you drink beer.
1: Yes. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily have to be beer. It, Brew includes tea and coffee as well. Uh,
0: yes, oh. of course. So, yeah. so why did you... Is this something you started? Why did you start this?
1: It is something that I started, um, and I previously had served a year with an organization called Catholic Christian Outreach, uh, and they specialize in university evangelism. Mm-hmm. And so I learned kind of all the techniques. And when I came out here, I met many uh, Catholics uh, but who, but young adult Catholics like myself, but who were kind of essentially uncatechized or unevangelized, um, and yet they want to be good Catholics. And so uh, I also met a lot of men too that were, you know, struggling with chastity and just kind of, you know, what I call like masculinity issues. Yeah. And so it was kind of a, a very natural thing to just kind of continue the kind of work that I was doing with CCO and Bibles and Brew was born. And uh, it's just a a very simple kind of ministry. We meet out of my living room uh, every other Monday night. And I I really felt like uh, God was asking me to keep this kind of, you know, small and consistent. Uh, Sometimes because I see sort of so many uh, flash-in-the-pan large ministries, um, and then, you know, things that are... Ministries that are saying, we want to do big things for God, but then they don't last. Right. So, you know... Small but consistent, and try to be holy.
0: Okay, so then what do you you drink tea and coffee, and you talk. What what, what do you do? What what's a, 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 what, what does a, a what kind of regular Monday night look like?
1: Well, so an average Monday night, um, we'll get together. Uh, we'll either study something which is just like basics of the faith. You know, why do you need a savior? What are the sacraments? Or we'll talk about uh, manhood issues. You know, either chastity, pornography, leadership, fatherhood. Um, our identity. Um, we'll do those, we'll read a book together, uh, or listen to a talk, uh, and at the end, we'll always take time to pray together. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think, you know, it's just kind of lots of little things uh, that can contribute to make a make a successful ministry. Um, and, you know, men have been coming out to this, and I keep saying, as long as God keeps bringing them out, uh, I'll keep hosting this. It, so... It... I guess I, what I want to say is I really want to encourage people that it's really easy to start a little group or a ministry like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you have to do is, the first, the most important thing is to pray. Pray about it. Um, and even have friends who will pray for your group, too. Tell them when you're going to host it and say, hey, you know, can you please pray for us? Um, you know, be well prepared. Um, I've even actually put together a little list of, you know, kind of, Materials for that you can use in a in a group like this, right. um, which I will have posted in a blog posting yes, um, but then also, I think what's really important is uh, that it's not just an intellectual study group, um, but it's a group where we can kind of really share our weaknesses and our struggles with one another mm-hmm. uh, and you know we have, of course have a seal of confidentiality, you know we don't talk yeah. about things outside the group, um, but this really kind of helps. Uh, sort of nurture that kind of like atmosphere. So
0: right, and you you're in charge. You moderate everything. You prepare the topics, or do you share that with uh, some of the other guys? Correct.
1: Yeah. No. For the most part, uh, I I I will moderate them. I'll have guys take over when I can't do it. Stuff yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, it's pretty pretty much myself who who moderates it. So. so
0: so it's Hollywood who comes out to this. You have Mark Wahlberg coming out to your group.
1: Oh, totally. All the time. All the time. <laughs> Yeah, no. Well, so not surprisingly, I'd say over half of our members are aspiring actors, writers, directors, musicians. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think actually, particularly for people in the industry, I think it's really important to have that kind of support, um, just because it can kind of be so discouraging. And and we're in a very secular, you know, a very promiscuous uh, city. Um, so, so it helps to have that, uh, fellowship and brotherhood. It helps to help us grow in virtue mm-hmm. and it also helps us, you know, encourage each other to be a Christian witness to yeah. everyone that we meet.
2: Yeah.
0: Excellent. So anybody can come. I'm sure they, they, the, 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 word spreads sort of word of mouth kind of thing. It's not like you're advertising. Uh, yeah,
1: word, of, word of mouth people that I've met or some of these guys will invite their other friends. So, um, you know, and yeah, I'd say, you know, on any given night we'll have, you know, very five or ten men. Uh, Over the years, we've actually probably had hundreds. Yeah. Um, But, you know, it it doesn't have to be big to have a transformational effect on the culture. Uh, You know, we're, we're working in God's world here, and uh, you know it can be small, but you know be holy and be committed to
0: it. Okay, excellent. And you don't have to be in Hollywood to do this. Everywhere men need support, and I guess it doesn't Correct. have to be just for men. But but if you're looking to do something for men in your parishes or in your communities, this is something that you can do. Mark is going to publish all the tips on a nice handy blog that you can read, and we'll post that on our site. Um, thank you. I I'm very encouraged. This is something that I personally feel called called to do so maybe now this is what I needed a little push from Mark Matthews to start my own Bibles and Brew uh, men's group do
1: it Pedro, don't hesitate, just
0: do it do it, do it, okay well there you go that is something good that is happening in Hollywood, thank you Mark Matthews, thank you Pedro that's what's good in Hollywood with Mark Matthews our undercover Hollywood missionary, you can follow him on Twitter at hu missionary.
1: I'm Sister Marie Paul Curley of the Daughters of St. Paul and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro.
0: Now it's time for... What's Good in Hollywood with our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews.
1: Mark Hello, Pedro. How are Merry, you today?
0: I'm good. Merry Christmas. I just had Go this on. idea of you, this, this, this image of you dressed in a Santa suit. I think that that should be something you could do at Christmas time now.
1: Are, are you watching me? Because that's exactly how i Is I'm that how right you're
0: dressed right now? Yes. Uh, I, I, I must be a, a telepathic. Telepathic. So, what, uh, what uh, have you learned from Hollywood for Advent or Christmas this year?
1: Well, uh, I I thought I'd use a very interesting story to talk about to uh, lead into a bit of a meditation on Christmas in the incarnation. Sure. So, uh, my friend Caesar works at a very reputable modeling agency, and he got a very zany call earlier this year. Okay, Um, a couple had looked through their portfolio, and they picked out a number of. Male and female models, uh, of whom he was not one of them. Okay. Um, he's actually an assistant there. Uh, but they, this couple wanted sperm and egg donations from these selected models, and they were willing to pay large sums of money for them. What?
0: <laughs> actually, well, actually, it doesn't surprise me, but yeah, go ahead.
1: I, I know you, it's like you don't think this kind of thing happened in real life, but yes it actually happened in real life it happens so, in
0: Hollywood <laughs> it happens in Hollywood yeah okay on the
1: forefront of a brave new culture yeah um, but it really got him thinking he, he said, well what would motivate you know such a ridiculous request um and you know why does it seem so wrong okay and so on the surface of it you could look and you could say, well you know obviously they're pacing a large importance on the physical looks of their bear mm-hmm. their baby yeah you know because they you know, contacted a modeling agency. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, and it speaks nothing of the interiorness of the child. You know, there's far more to a being than just their external looks. Yes. You know, I could have forgiven them, you know, maybe if they had, you know, were looking for eggs from Nobel laureates at Cambridge or, or maybe even the Sisters of Charity looking for the eggs <laughs> of the holiest women. They're not donating um, their eggs, though. <laughs> they're not, they're not. And that's wrong in yes. a thousand different ways.
0: Oh my God, we're going to get I phone know. calls out of I for that one. Yeah. I can't
1: believe I said that. So, yes. uh, but the problems go much, much deeper than that. Um, and really, think about the incarnation. How is it possible that the creator of our universe took on human form? And and just think about like kind of the practicalities of this. You know, how did when did Jesus know that he was God's son? Did he goo and God like a baby, but he was kind of pretending, or did he was he he, was he actually that humble that you know when he was born he couldn't understand words and he had to learn? Right? Uh, Could he really read minds? Um, And if you really start thinking about these questions in depth, you'll realize that you know we can't even ask some simple questions about non-divine people like you and me, yeah. um, you know, and how, did, how does our intellect work? How does our mind work? Mm-hmm. How did God make us in his image? What does it mean to give birth to a child, to hold a helpless little being in your arms, and have their whole life depend on you? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you just try to think about some of those, and you'll realize that the depth of a human being uh, is truly incomprehensible. Yeah. Um, and if we can't even begin to answer questions like this, how can we be so sure that we're doing something good when we, you know, quote-unquote, mess up the formula mm. and move the sexual act from an intimate exchange between persons on uh, into a test tube?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And so, you know, the, if you really think about that, it's like, yeah, we, we really have no clue. Just because we can do it doesn't mean that we understand it. Right. Um, uh, it, but... In fact, the world thinks otherwise. The inventor of in vitro fertilization, uh, Robert Edwards, said in an interview, he said, I wanted to find out exactly who was in charge, whether it was God himself or whether it was scientists in a laboratory. It was us. Wow. (laughs) And, yeah, I know, you just kind of think, oh, the hubris of that, to think that, you know, just because we can do something, we know everything about it. Yes. Um, And so the Catholic Church, you know, we have the humility to see that uh, human conception is something very much beyond us, something transcendent, uh, and we don't have the right to, to change anything like that or mess with it or anything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, think about that. So the good news is is that this agency was very reputable, and they didn't even begin to consider this request. Right. Um, you know, they somehow saw the intrinsic wrongness of it uh, immediately, uh, but it still is a sign of, you know, things, I think, on the horizon of our culture. So, so would, go deep. Go well,
0: deep. Go, uh, no, yeah, Advent. So, you're, what's the connect? I mean, I get the connection. I mean, that you're thinking about the incarnation of God becoming man. So, is there yeah, a deeper just, connection with Advent and Christmas?
1: Yeah, yeah. That that is think, meditate on the incarnation of what it really means that God brought Himself into our world. You know, and and even the incredible humility of you know God to do that to bring Himself into our world. But then also to think about you know what how that elevates. Our dignity up to his level, uh, and if you you know you really kind of start to think about some of these questions, you know you'll hopefully be, you know have some thoughts and be able to give word and explanation and, and witness uh, when you're fielding phone calls like this uh, for very very zany crazy requests.
0: Amen. Good. Amen. Uh, a good uh, yet unusual reflection for Christmas.
1: Um. <laughs> <laughs> the most unusual Christmas reflection you'll hear this season. I'm sure. I
0: think it's probably the one that the most unusual Christmas reflection I've heard here ever. But but deep, and and certainly something for thought. Not to di- you know, not we don't want people to be like despairing, like the world has gone astray. But it's something absolutely yeah. to, uh, well, and, to consider. And
1: I think it, I think it speaks to hope too that that this absolutely. agency didn't even consider it. You know, yeah. So
0: absolutely good. Yes. Amen. Well, thank you very much. That's, I guess, that's good in Hollywood that they said. That is good,
1: yes. So, amen.
0: Amen. Merry Christmas, my friend.
1: Merry Christmas to you, too, Pedro.
0: There you go. Something good uh, uh, and not so good in Hollywood with Mark Matthews, our undercover Hollywood missionary. You can follow him on Twitter at HUMissionary.
1: Hi, I'm Mark Matthews, your Hollywood undercover missionary, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro.
0: Now it's time for what's good in Hollywood with our Hollywood undercover missionary Mark Matthews. Mark, welcome back to the program. You you actually have a good something good that's happening in Hollywood today yeah. to tell
1: us. This is a fantastic example of something really good happening.
2: So tell us. Um,
1: Basically, so I heard a story uh, last year about a woman who worked in a human resources department of a major film studio, and she was a Christian. And she asked her supervisor and said, Can we have a meeting room once a week for a Bible study? Hmm. And her supervisor said, Let me get back to you on that. And I guess they went and discussed it, and she came back and she said, you know what, there's no reason that we can't that we can think of that we can't give you one. wow And a thriving Bible study was born that's great. because of that. Yeah. And I just I thought like, wow, that's great. Yeah. That's amazing. Um and you know, I asked around and I discovered that there's actually a good number now of these Bible studies at major Hollywood studios. Really um there's one at uh Sony, one at Warner Brothers. Uh, there are some at Disney, and there's also one at DreamWorks as wow. well, too. Wow. Um, and even one of them has over 100 people involved with multiple times during the week. What? Yeah. I know. That's Who'd great. That's and great. That's thought, great. Yeah, especially at Hollywood Studios yes. all well, places. But there's, there's kind of really no reason not to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think, I think part of it is uh, inclusivity. Yeah, it's kind of a big buzzword these days in corporate America, um, and it's taken to mean uh, a few different things. Uh, it means they're kind of meaning it to incorporate everyone's idea in the company, uh, you know, especially people of you know different racial or ethnic backgrounds. Uh-huh. Um, they want to make it a safe workplace for visible minorities or or people with different political viewpoints. Um, but the mm. reason that corporations have gotten in, interested in it. Is that there are some studies that have shown that hey, this actually gives you a business advantage. They say this is a it's a globally competitive market, and so you have to be sort of globally aware. Right. And uh, so the wonderful thing about this is that you know it, it cuts both ways. Mm-hmm. So you know some of these initiatives might focus on say you know maybe a little bit of a more liberal agenda, um, but there's no reason that sort of more traditional sort of Uh, conservative viewpoints should be included as shouldn't be included as well too right and you know and and why not so like I've seen you know lots of businesses they have things like wine clubs and chocolate clubs (laughs) and philosophy circles and bowling leagues yeah and so it's kind of like well why not have a a Christian club Mm -hmm. you know as well too and you know I think it's it's very clear it's like you know the corporation is not say specifically agreeing with or endorsing that viewpoint it's just making a space for them right yeah and and i think i think this is a it's a really powerful thing because quite often as a as a christian you know you feel isolated you're like you don't even know who the other christians in the company are so simply to provide Mm -hmm. space for it where christians can support each other uh, in their apostolate of evangelization um is is a major thing Mm -hmm. and uh... yeah I, I, just, I just think this is wonderful that it's happening. But there's no reason that, you know, you can't do this in your own corporate environment at home, mm-hmm, well, wherever mm-hmm. you are. So m- my challenge to our listeners today is to consider starting your own uh, corporate Bible study or, or Christian right. club. Um, and just a few pieces of very simple advice, um, you know, keep it simple. Um, don't be overly ambitious. Don't think about necessarily starting starting to try huge huge initiatives. And um, I think it's a big thing just to get people together. And you're going to have to, you know, you can't focus on, say, just Catholics or Anglicans or anything. Mm-hmm. I think it really has to be all Christians just to sort of increase your numerical right. uh, chances. So getting Christians of diverse backgrounds together uh, even to pray uh, is an interesting, you know challenging thing um, So so keep it simple mm-hmm. uh, The other thing is, I'd say give you give yourselves at least half the time to socialize uh, And I think that's important even just to build up trust between the members. Yeah um, in addition to getting to know the people and then the other thing would be you know take some time to pray pray for each other and pray for the company um, you know give everyone a chance to pray try to keep it to topics that unite um, you know you're not going to heal the Protestant Reformation you know in just a couple months hmm. so just consider it you know a real victory that you've gotten believers in Christ together to pray and uh, and it, it it's a small beautiful thing but I think you will see great fruit from it
0: amen I think that's a, that's such an incentive and you're right why not bring it up and and I maybe not call it a Christian club um, but yeah. a Bible study or come up with, you know, like the weekly fellowship, and, and yeah. I think Christians will know what that is, um, uh, might uh, and, might might be something and, that could work in a lot of corporations, at a lot
1: of corporations. Yeah, and, and and all you're asking for is a meeting room and maybe an email list. And yes. most companies have miscellaneous email lists, and maybe it even just means a table in the cafeteria, you know, you just keep it yes. very simple.
0: Yes, simple, socialize, and prayer. There you go. Correct. The three, all three tips. Okay. Very good. This is this is really good news. Something good that's happening in Hollywood, corporate, Bible study groups at some major film studios. That's that's good.
1: and it will give your company a competitive business advantage. as built
0: too. absolutely, that way. absolutely. <laughs> good. Thank you very much, Mark. That's uh, that is something good that's happening in Hollywood. Those. Uh, thanks for sharing it with us. You're welcome, Pedro. There you go. So, what's good in Hollywood with Mark Matthews? Our undercover Hollywood Missionary. Remember to follow him at HU Missionary. What's good in Hollywood with our Hollywood Undercover missionary, Mark Matthews? Hello, Pedro. Welcome back to the program.
1: Thank you. Always a pleasure to be here.
0: Always good to have you. What's good in Hollywood?
1: So two things I want to talk about today. One is uh, a film called The Dating Project. Oh, yeah? Uh, that will be releasing April 17th. Yeah? Have you heard about this yet? Yes, I have,
0: actually. I'm very excited.
1: Yeah. yeah so it's a, it's a documentary that's examining the state of dating you know, in America right now. Um, it's actually produced, uh, by a couple of friends of mine, Megan Harrington and Catherine Fowler. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, it looks, it looks, yeah, basically across all demographics of, of, what the current dating culture is. Um, a few things that I, I've already seen a screening of this, some things that kind of really surprised me is I didn't realize how entrenched the whole kind of college hookup culture
2: mm-hmm. is. I mean, I
1: knew hooking up was a thing, but I didn't realize how much of a thing it is. Right. Um, and that's, uh, that's kind of a little scary. Um, and they actually show, there's kind of a really interesting uh, sort of sub-segment plot going through it that features Professor Carrie Cronin. And she's a philosopher, philosophy professor at Boston College. Yeah. And she actually has an assignment where her students have to go on a date. Right. And... Uh, it's, it's really fascinating watching this thing. It's like, you know, there's certain rules. It's like you have to ask in person. They have to know it's a date. Uh, it has to be 60 to 90 minutes. Um, you know, the person who asks have to pay. And all these students, you know, like, it's it's funny, they're like, who are used to kind of just hooking up with right. whatever, you know, no strings attached. They're like, ooh, a date, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm really nervous about that. Do I ask them? Do I not? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I think they do a fantastic job of just examining you know, what, what has become of dating and its influence on the family and our, and our culture.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, That's interesting. I've I mean, heard, I've heard of her class and it's like the dating class and it's one of the most popular classes in, in Boston college, even though kids don't know how to date. You have to yeah, take a university yeah, class to learn how to date.
1: And she, yeah, and she gives like I think an annual talk campus wide the day before Valentine's Day on dating too, and it's like most attended you know talk I think on right. campus throughout the year. So, right. Um, yeah, it, it, interesting side note. Um, uh huh. I was actually supposed to be interviewed as uh, one of the people on the street in this video, but <laughs> I was cut. You know, so I'm not bitter or anything. Not bitter at all, really.
0: You're not dating material.
1: I well. In truth, I'm really not a man on the street. I'm sort of, you know, too close to these kinds of things. Yeah. So it probably came off as unauthentic. So right. honestly, I'm not surprised.
0: That's um, okay. That's okay.
1: Interesting real side story about it is that the producer, Catherine Fowler, is, uh, while she was doing research for the film, she kind of said, hey, you know, if I'm researching dating, I guess you try, I should try all these ways that everyone's doing it, including online. Uh-huh. Uh, and she actually ended up meeting her husband that what? way. What? And, yeah. That's hilarious. Isn't that, isn't, is an interesting story. Go yeah,
0: ahead. that's great. So she's doing a documentary about dating. She starts dating and she gets married. I love it. She
1: gets married. That's good. Yeah. So
0: that's a good. Uh, okay, so that's April seventeenth. You said it's coming out. It's like one one day screening, all Correct. over the United States. I do not believe it in, includes Canada. It's only in the United States, but people can go to the website. I think
1: that's what I've heard as, as well too. So. The, but yeah, check it out. You'll be probably hearing more through uh, through various, you know, perhaps ca- uh, Christian circles. Yeah. I'll go see a screening if you can. Yeah, we're
0: actually hoping to, to do an interview with uh, Megan Harrington um, um, in the coming weeks so that, that we can get a little more information about that. And you wanted to tell exactly. us about something else. Is another film in development?
1: Yeah, so this is, this is in the really early stages of development. It's sort of aka development hell. As I yeah, about yeah. Before. Uh, it's a film called uh, just Roe v. Wade. Oh. And it's a True to life uh, origin story of Planned Parenthood, and interestingly enough, this is a story that's never been told on film before. Wow! Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, if you if you know, not everyone knows this, but if you go into you know the founding of Planned Parenthood, which was founded by uh, Margaret Sanger, yeah, like it was originally called the Negro Project. Wow! And was focused on minorities, and mm-hmm. so this is, a, a, you know, coming out with this kind of stuff is not going to be politically very no, popular. No, not at all. Yeah, um, and uh, it's being promoted by Nick Loeb, interestingly enough, who is Sofia Vergara's ex, okay. and if you might have heard a few years ago, they had a couple frozen embryos uh, that he was fighting for the rights of, to, basically to have them be born, because they were his kids. Uh-huh. Um, and so now he's sort of very devoted to pro-life causes and is promoting this film.
0: Interesting. And
1: so they've already got John Voight, Steve Ball, Baldwin attached. Oh, good. Um, and then also there's a, a new uh, Catholic organization called New Ethos Entertainment who seek to make films of okay. truth and beauty uh, yeah. who are also helping promote this film. Okay,
0: as well good. So. So we, we hope to hear more about that in the coming, I was going to say coming months, but it's probably going to be coming years since you said it's in, in, in development mm, hell. True. Um, so yeah, pray. pray, pray, for this, something to pray for, for Hollywood, for the Roe v. Wade movie. There is a website, right? Roe, I think it's roevwademovie.com. Roe dot dot com. Right. Um, and, uh, we'll, uh. It's a good story, and something. And Hollywood does not shy away from good stories, even if they're controversial. So hopefully, um, it'll it'll get made. Thank you, Mark. Those are two good news stories of Hollywood, and uh, thank you for doing what you do.
1: Absolutely, pleasure being here.
0: There you have it. That's what's good in Hollywood with Mark Matthews, our undercover Hollywood missionary. You can follow him at h u missionary. That brings us to the end of this special What's Good in Hollywood edition of the Salt and Light Hour. Today's segments were a compilation of some of the best What's Good in Hollywood segments with our undercover Hollywood missionary Mark Matthews over the years. To comment on what you heard or to share your own thoughts, you can find me on Facebook or send me a message on Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM. And to listen to more of these segments, visit our website, saltandlighttv.org radio Thank you for being with us today. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour.